What's that common denominator in trends? The first thing I look at when I'm seeing a trend is just, okay, well, how new is this and what's the potential for it? And how does it potentially outweigh the things that I've already said yes to? Is it worth actually going down that path? I, in fact, have this thing that I practice called the 20% itch rule. In fact, where 20% of my time I allow to get onto the trends or to try and experiment with certain things, knowing that it could completely flop and be a complete waste of time. But at least it's contained within that 20% because I have the other 80% of time that I know I'm doing the things that I need to do. What is up, action takers? Welcome back to After Hours Entrepreneur, the podcast for people just like you looking to build your first six-figure year. I'm your host, Mark Savant, and today in the house, we've got the one and only Pat Flynn, founder of Smart Passive Income. And this is a throwback to one of my favorite episodes of the show. I've had the honor of interviewing so many amazing entrepreneurs and great creators. And I just had to bring this one back because it is too hot to handle. Pat has been an expert in finding and getting constructive feedback as he built up his blogging business. He's been absolutely influential in spotting trends. I've been watching Pat's journey for a while. And just about a year, two years ago, he started a brand new YouTube channel focusing on the trend of Pokemon collecting. And it's blown up. He's got like 250,000 plus subscribers on his channel. Very, very great creator. Definitely one of the people you want to be listening to. And this episode is no different. Listen, it's time to get into the episode. Thanks for being here. Thanks for subscribing. More hot episodes are coming your way. You can tell I'm just absolutely out of control today and very excited to share this episode with you. Let's make it happen. Let's make your business happen. Let's make your dreams happen all right now. DJ, run the tape. Today we are joined by the founder and creator of Smart Passive Income. If you don't know who he is, you better ask somebody. Pat Flynn, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Mark. Pat, it is Absolutely my pleasure. Thanks for taking a few minutes out of your busy day to chat. So I'm going to get right into it, Pat. I consider you one of the most revolutionary innovators in modern day business. You're doing a lot of things that that people haven't been doing for a long time. I'm curious, in your perspective, what are you looking for when looking into a potential evolving trend? What is it you're looking for? What's that common denominator in trends? Yeah, I mean, trends are interesting, right? Because on one hand, I know from my own experience as an entrepreneur that trends can be a trap sometimes mm -hmm. because it's what everybody's talking about. And if you say yes to this new thing, you're, you're also at the same time simultaneously saying no to the thing that you once said yes to before. And so if you keep following that squirrel, you're never going to make any progress. So the first thing I look at when I'm seeing a trend is just, okay, well, how new is this and what's the potential for it? And how does it potentially outweigh the things that I've already said yes to? Is it worth actually going down that path? Because likely there's a trend, but then there's another trend and another trend. So there, there could be multiple trends happening at the same time. So I always try to kind of take an educated or calculated guess at, okay, well, of all the trends that are out there, which one seems to be more relevant or more interesting? And then what I do is I don't often just say no to things because I'm already saying yes to other things. I see, okay maybe an opportunity to experiment, to micro test. And that's, I love taking that approach. And I, in fact, have this thing that I practice called the 20% itch rule. In fact, where 20% of my time I allow to get onto the trends or to try and experiment with certain things, 
knowing that it could completely flop and be a complete waste of time, but at least it's contained within that 20% because I have the other 80% of time that I know I'm doing the things that I need to do. So if you look at the days of the week, that's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, cranking on the things that I know I need to do, and then allowing Friday to sort of be my play day, if you will, or my, my experimental day. I kind of see it as like, and I, and I don't condone this, but like like gambling, but if you go to a casino, the last thing you want to do is to, is to bring your ATM card and like <laughs> always be open to going back to it. What is recommended, I heard, is you take a certain amount of money that you're totally cool losing. Like if you lose it, it's not the end of the world, you're fine, but it does give you an opportunity to win. And that's kind of the fun in it. It's almost entertainment money. And I see my 20% of my time to explore new trends and things as um, that similar analogy, if that makes sense. I think it's, it's super smart because as you know, as well as I do, it can be so easy to get caught up working in your business. You're not working on your business. And in a world where things are evolving so rapidly, you have to be trying new things. Uh, in, in this year, in 2020, you've launched the income stream where you are just going live on YouTube every day of the week, which quite impressive, I might add. Um, and of, of course, the, the SPI Pro community as well, which is an exclusive membership for people that want to take the next level, which is, is really phenomenal, by the way. But I want, I want to talk a little bit about you. So you've scratched your 20% inch. You've started trying something. How do you determine whether or not that usage of time is valuable and you're getting your return or if it's time to pivot to another idea? Yeah, it's all about setting goals, because if you don't have a goal for something and the goal being something measurable, number one, but also time based mm. by a certain time, can this happen? And of course, what the beauty of that is, is now I can sort of, OK, I got three months to see if this will work. OK, well, where do we want to be after two months, after one month? And I can almost reverse engineer the progress along the way. And that allows me to see even after month one, hey, is this even possible to get to, 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 to where we want to be at month three. And if not, we can actually make a change earlier or dump that idea to go to a new one. Or we can see maybe we're ahead of, of, of the plan, in which case we can put even more resources and maybe devote 25% of the time or 30% of the time if we see it has some legs. The truth is you have to, if you want to try something new, you have to give it a chance, which is why just focusing on one other new thing is the right uh, option versus okay? I have this extra time. Let me let me try fifty different things at once. I recommend the same thing when starting on a new platform or, or anything like that. But goals that are measurable and time tracked is really really key. Um, and and just along the way, being able to break up that big goal into sort of mini milestones to just understand along the way whether it's not wh whether it is or is not still worth moving forward. Another thing that I had done recently in my twenty percent of time was the switch pod, which is an invention. Yep. Right. And this, this was a big itch that I wanted to scratch. I wanted to see if I can invent a physical product that could sell. So my, me and my videographer, we came up with an idea to create this specialized tripod for vloggers. And we spent a year and a half sort of building this. And in fact, it was probably five to 10% of our time weekly that we were devoting to this, but we kept getting a green light to move on to the next stage. We kept validating this idea up front with people and sharing our prototypes with people and continued to get green lights, which continued to move us forward. And that's what kept us going. Um, and, and with the ultimate vision of, you know, running a Kickstarter campaign and hopefully raising $100,000. And when we ended up launching that campaign in February of 2019, which was our timeline, can we earn $100,000 on Kickstarter within a 60-day period after launching on Kickstarter uh, in February of 2019? We ended up reaching that goal in 11 hours and 26 minutes, which was pretty cool. So that business now is pretty, is, is, is kind of, is running. And that's one of those examples of where, you know, that, quote unquote, gamble paid off. Yeah, well, and like you said, you always need to be listening for these green lights. And I think that can be 
it can be very challenging for creators, right? As, as someone who's been in podcasting, authorship, blogging for many years, I'm sure you've suffered this challenge where you ask for someone's opinion. It's either that sucks, I hate it, or it's good, great, right? Where do right. you find, like, how do you surround yourself with the right people to give you that constructive criticism? How can we do that? Uh, you said it right there. You have to surround yourself with the right people to have constructive almost non-biased yeah. opinions about something. And that's that's very difficult to do, but we need to find those people. There are groups online, groups in person that meet when we can meet, and these can be great, great opportunities. With the SwitchPod, for example, we had pockets of people in our audience that were videographers, and we reached out to them to get some insight and get some feedback. And of course, you're not going to please everybody either, but that's an important part of the progression. Mm. Understanding why people don't like something is just as important as understanding why people like something because those objections are hopefully things you can turn around and actually either at least create a rebuttal for or know to better define your audience with. For example, we had a bunch of people with our switch pot, our invention say, this thing is crap. Like <laughs> the legs don't even bend like the gorilla pod does. And we're like, well, why do you need it to bend? Oh, because we do a lot of outdoor shots. We, we need it to wrap around trees and the terrain is uneven. I'm like, okay, well, guess who we're not going to be marketing it to when we right. move forward the people who need to do it that way. But then there were people who said, oh, this is perfect because it's quick and easy. I can just set it on my desk and I can pick it up in a moment. And we're like, okay, this is the kind of language we're gonna use in our marketing. So whether it's a positive piece of feedback or a constructive piece of feedback, it's going to be very useful. And then like you said, surrounding yourself with people is gonna be really key, whether it's your own audience or I'm in fact in two mastermind groups with people who have been with me as I've started my business for the last 10 years now. We all know each other's businesses, our quirks, our, our our likes, dislikes, and what makes us tick. And then I get this every week uh, when somebody's in the hot seat. If I'm in the hot seat and I'm talking about something I'm working on, I get some very honest, brutal advice from people who actually know me and my business who care. Because, I mean, there's going to be people around you that likely you could share things with, but they're either going to be too nice to you because they don't want to hurt your feelings. Right. Like, oh, yay, like you're, you're doing great when really it's not because they just want to make you feel good. Or... Um, you know, people who just don't even know what you're talking about. So when you can surround yourself with like-minded people in a mastermind or some sort of community who are also sharing the same values and have the same goals, like that kind of bias can go a long way. We, because when you're inside your own business, it's like you can't read the label when you're inside the bottle. You need this feedback from outside to see it. Which when is sometimes, yeah, like right you said, your- so, so hard to get that. Now, this is really interesting to me, Pat, because I've interviewed a lot of really, really top performers, really high top performers now. And this mastermind topic keeps coming up. I'm surrounding myself with a tight knit group of 10 or so people that are they're just kind of feeding off each other. Um, and I, so I want to kind of pivot that a little bit to SPI Pro and what you're building out there, community, membership. Um, you know, a lot of people are building on Facebook groups, but that's very kind of loud. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm just kind of curious, in the past 30 days since launch, or by the time this airs, 60 days, what's the top thing you've learned and the, and the biggest value that you're providing to the members of the SPI Pro community? Yeah, I mean, as I talk about my book, Superfans, when you can, as a creator, bring your community together, not just to talk to you or for you to talk to them, but for them to talk to each other, that's when magic happens in your brand. Because sometimes, and you probably heard this before, people come for the content or the creator, but they stay for the community, the community that's there, right? And so what we're doing with SPI Pro is building a platform outside of the noisy world of Facebook, but it's very Facebook-like in how it's used, as well as Slack in terms of how the the, the archiving and the, the 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 communication is handled so that we're using a platform called circle um circle.so i'm now 
so much in love with this product that we, uh, my, my COO, Matt and I, are, we're both advisors to the company now, which is really cool. Like we love it that much. But anyway, what we're trying to do there is provide a place and, and facilitate conversation to facilitate encouragement, innovation with each other. And the reason that this came about was that in fact, last year at FlynnCon, which, which was my event in San Diego, I had 500 entrepreneurs fly into San Diego. Unfortunately, it couldn't happen this year because of all the circumstances with the pandemic, but um, the best parts of FlynnCon were not the presentations. And the biggest feedback we got was, although the presentations were great, the best moments of that conference were when people found and had conversations with each other in the hallways at dinner, just in between all the stuff that we planned, right? And this is, we built it for that. In fact, this is why at our event, we had you know an hour long presentation and then an hour and a half break in between so that people could talk. Because I know in my own experience, that's when it happened. But this is an event that happens once a year. How might we be able to bring these people together in an online fashion to have these hallway-like conversations ongoing? Um, and, and, and have it even be more organized in a way where people can find each other. And this is where Circle and SPI Pro came into play. And we actually ran a survey as we had applications filled out on why do you want to be a part of SPI Pro or a community like this? And the lowest number answer was content. Nobody wanted to come in because they wanted more content, which was really interesting, right? Because we think that our memberships have to be full of all this content and, 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 and things like that, guides and whatnot. The number one thing was networking. They wanted to find other people like them. And I can't stress enough how much people want to find other people like them because we're all weird, right? All entrepreneurs are weird. So now I'm creating a place for all of us weird people to get together. In the Lego world, there's this thing called AFOL, adult fans of Lego. Super weird people. I'm in one of them, in fact. <laughs> there are meetings. There are conferences where AFOLs, adult fans of Lego, can come together to chat, to share the same language, to be weird with each other and not ever be ostracized from other people who just are like, why are you doing that? Right. So this is what we're creating here. And so far after 45, 60 days of it, it's, it's been amazing. Some people having revolutionary changes within their business already, not because of us, but because they found other people like them. Well, it's like you said before, getting surrounding yourself with the right people, getting that constructive criticism. And I definitely found that inside the SPI pro community. Um, but the other thing that I really love about what you do there is uh, these challenges like the the even just the first challenge just changing the way that you engage with people via dm and via video super super powerful it's completely transformed the way that i'm building relationships uh, with people online it's really really powerful um and so i want to talk about that because above all i think that's the most important thing we can be doing in 2020 and beyond it's finding ways to create relationships with other people and as a creator you're doing a really good job of that I'm just curious. You've been in podcasting a long time. What role does podcasting play in that relationship development stage of your career now? Uh, it's huge. It's absolutely huge. Uh, my history with podcasting was very interesting. I started my show in July of 2010, and I only had time for one episode every other week, so a biweekly show. And I was blogging three times a week. That was my bread and butter, blogging. And I went to a conference a couple months after the podcast was launched, and at this conference, I found a number of people who knew who I was, and I started chatting with them. And all of them could not stop talking about the podcast, the stories I was telling in my podcast and the things that they learned on the podcast. And I was like, well, what about the blog? I'm spending way more, more time there. I'm, I'm blogging three times a week. Like, is that cool? And they're like, yeah, but I mean, the podcast was really great. And when I think about it, I'm like, you know, every time I get a, a fan, a piece of fan mail, it's always from a podcast listener. 
Every time I hear somebody say, you know, I've been able to impact their lives, it's been because of, in fact, single episodes of the podcast that they've listened to, not the blog post that's top five ways to get more traffic from Facebook, but the story I told in these podcasts. And because podcasts are very intimate, it's the best way to scale intimacy. Yes, as a creator, it's one to many, but to the listener, it's a one-on-one. Right. You consider that as the creator and you start using words like you, because you listening to this or watching this right now and feel a little bit more connected to the people or the person that is hosting that show. And of course, if you can then combine that intimacy with helping and providing value and also speaking the same language that that person can really resonate with, then that's when a person goes, oh my God, this is the person that I need to be following. This is the program that I want to get in. This is who I think all my friends should know about. That's where word of mouth really comes into play. It's everything to me. Uh, without my podcast, I would definitely not be where I'm at today. And I, this is why I'm so adamant about teaching other people how to podcast. Cause it's definitely, even though numbers wise, it's still very early in, in, in the days of podcasting, mm-hmm. they just crossed 1 million overall podcasts in April of 2020 compare that to 500 million active blogs or 43 million active YouTube channels. We are still in the early days. And so it's those who are getting on now who are developing those relationships, who, ha- who have people's attention for much longer than a video or a blog post. Those are the ones who are going to win because those people become super fans who, f- who will follow you and support you no matter what happens with technology later. This is what we're building is, is, is what I like to call build business insurance is those relationships that you build. Absolutely genius. It's definitely been my experience as well. Listen, everyone, you, you definitely got to check out all the tips, tools, and tactics that Pat's given you. Smartpassiveincome.com. He's just laying it all out. Pat, I'd be remiss if I let you go without asking a quick back to the future question. All right. Absolutely. I got I to gotta lay someone on you. If Doc Brown were to show up at your doorstep with, with, um, with that classic uh, vehicle, got you into it and said, hey, Pat, you got 10 seconds with yourself 10 years ago. What would you tell yourself? 10 years ago? 10 years ago, ago, I would have just started my podcast and I probably was thinking about giving up. And I would probably tell myself, hey, with the podcast that you're thinking of creating, I know it's hard. I know it's quite new for you, but keep going because it's going to allow you to develop incredible relationships, not just with your audience, but with people who you invite on the show who will then want to invite you on their show and it's going to lead to book deals and even getting into Hollywood too. And one day you'll even get to drive for more than 10 seconds in this DeLorean as a result of the podcast, which actually indeed, indeed did happen. The podcast turned into something that allowed me to actually drive a DeLorean. Um, yeah. If I could go back further though, I would go back 20 years and tell my young self who had just graduated high school, not to worry so much about what other people think of you. Mm. That was the thing that really held me back in high school was worrying so much about what other people thought about me and not really getting in tune with who I was and what I wanted to do. Powerful words, powerful words. Pat, thank you so much for your time, brothers. This is great. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, everybody. Boom. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Love Pat. Love his look at business and where the world is going. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dogs and cats. If you haven't yet, now is the time to hit subscribe. My promise is that I'm going to keep bringing you my best, the best books, the best entrepreneurs, the best stories from my life and the business that I'm growing out over here at Mark Savant Media. I I had the chance to leave my day job and I want that for you too. It is absolutely life-changing and you can get it. You can get there. And this show is your guide. So listen, thanks for listening. 
Thanks for subscribing. And I will catch you here next time on the After Hours Entrepreneur. Now it's your turn. Go take action. Take the massive action. Make your life happen. See ya. Peace.